0: Dear Young Rocker is a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis Productions Dear Young Rocker Sharing your story has been really cathartic for me but just as importantly it's inspired others to take a look at their own young feelings and the impact music has had on their lives so sorry dear but I'm pressing pause on where we left off with you, just graduated high school, once again feeling alone, and I've decided to offer this space to some other songwriters I know and admire and give them the opportunity to reflect and give advice to their younger selves. I think that hearing from people who've been through different things and grew up in different ways than I did will help you and the other rockers out there more than just my own story by itself. I loved hearing all the similarities they had in their stories, despite being such different people. They all learned to become themselves through music and art. I felt really honored getting to listen to what they had to say, and I hope you will too. Don't worry, we'll get back to your story next week, Young Rocker. first guest episode of Dear Young Rocker, I've rounded up some other rockers who all started from DIY roots like me and then worked incredibly hard to get to where they are in their careers now. I truly respect all of these people as musicians, songwriters, and humans. First up is Ellen Kempner, singer, songwriter, and guitarist of Palehound, and a straight-up really cool person who you'll hear saying she didn't feel worthy of calling herself a real musician when she was young. I assume she's okay with the label now, seeing as she's the most talented songwriter I've ever had the honor of sharing a stage with, and that's not BS at all. Ellen's guitar playing and singing leaves me speechless every time I see her perform, and yet somehow her songwriting is even better. If you haven't checked out Palehound, please do so immediately. Ellen's one of those special songwriters whose songs transcend genre. I honestly think her music could get to just about anybody who likes any kind of music. And I'm going to come right out and say it. The lyrics have been known to make me cry. Her songs have a life of their own that you can't help but be sucked into and transformed by. Let's hear her story.
1: What is your first memory of knowing you were a musician? Um, I don't really think I have a memory like that. Uh, I always worshipped musicians and loved music. And, you know, I would sit in the back of my mom's car and listen to Radio Disney. And I I was completely obsessed with, like, 3LW and Brandy and Britney. And I feel like I kind of worshipped them so much that I just didn't want to call myself a musician because I didn't think that I was worthy of that. And I think for the longest time, I thought that that was, like, the highest honor and you had to be, like, really good or really worthy of that title to be a musician. So I think that for, like... You know, for the first few years, I was kind of like, I I didn't really equate loving music and uh, with being a musician. At what age did you start playing your instrument and or singing? Um, I can't really remember when I first started singing. I was always just kind of singing casually when I was a kid. Um, But I started playing guitar when I was seven. Uh, My dad plays guitar so I kind of grew up falling asleep to him playing and always really wanted to play but was too shy to so one day when um, I was home with a babysitter I picked up his guitar and started kind of strumming it with a marker cap and I remember she got like really nervous (laughs) and was like thought I was gonna break it and told me to put it away and and so I did but I was like feeling really excited about it so when my dad got home I told him that you know I'd kind of tried to play a little bit and he was really stoked so he started giving me lessons um, from home, and I actually still have the uh, first chord sheet he ever made for me framed in my bedroom. And uh, when I give lessons now, I still use the same terminology that he used when he taught me. Like, for example, uh, the D chord you have to make a claw shape with your hand. Describe your first performance experience. Um, so, after my dad gave me a few lessons, he enrolled me in a local music program that would put the kids that were taking lessons in bands together. Um, and the program was called be a band. And my band was called rock bucket, <laughs> which was a SpongeBob reference to the chum bucket, but with rock. And, uh, there was a like big showcase at the end of the term where we would all play in front of all the parents. And, uh, I sang in Played uh, Thank You by Led Zeppelin, because I really loved that song. I still do. Um, fun fact, uh, Jose Feliciano's son was the drummer in my band. He's the guy that sings Feliz Dodd. So he was in the audience, and I was, like, extremely nervous the whole time. Describe the experience of writing your first song. The first song I ever wrote was called A Real World. Uh, The chorus lyrics were like, get back to the real world, get out of your cloud. Get back to the real world, get into the crowd. And I wrote it after being bullied at school one day um, for being weirdly obsessed with Avril Lavigne. I was always really shy and sensitive, so I came home from school feeling really desperate and kind of broken, and then I thought, like, what would Avril do? And so I wrote like a kind of punk song about people being fake and played it for my parents, and they were like, are you okay? (laughs) Think about yourself at that age when you first started playing or performing. Describe that kid. What did they worry about? What did they want? What was important to them? Um, honestly, what didn't I worry about? I was an anxious wreck. Um, I <laughs> desperately wanted to not care about what other people thought about me, but like I did so much, and there was nothing I could do to change that. And um, there was—it was during a period of time when I had to wear a back brace to school, like every day. So I was bullied pretty relentlessly for it, and. I wanted more than anything to show myself to people and to communicate because I was super shy and couldn't really forge an identity outside of like my exterior, which to everyone was just like, honestly, like back brace girl, which I know sounds kind of funny now, but it was like kind of sad. And uh, music and songwriting seemed like a good way to express myself without having to talk to people or risk being made fun of. And that kind of backfired, unfortunately, and I was ended up being made f- fun of for my songs because kids are pretty cruel. But it was still important for me to stick with it because it became really therapeutic for me and a way for me to value myself at a time that, when I didn't really have a lot to work with in that way. If you could write a letter to your younger self at that age, what would you say? I would say to hang in there and to try not to beat yourself up as much. And I would say to try to enjoy childhood and not focus so much on growing up and being mature and, you know, just let yourself have more fun. I would say that eventually being gay will make you cool (laughs) and people will like you maybe even more for being gay, which I know right now seems probably impossible. Yeah, and I just say to, like, stick with it and practice a lot and love it a lot, and it'll end up paying off. Next up, we'll hear from Ellen's
0: bandmate Lars Brogan, who plays bass in Palehound, but is also just a killer at every instrument, and a songwriter too, not to mention one of the nicest darn people I've ever met and a fellow girls rock camp volunteer. Lars played drums for me for a little while, and I can say I have never seen someone who so consistently looks so gosh dang happy on stage every single time they perform. One time, Lars was super overtired to the point of collapsing right before we were supposed to go on, but woke up, got on the kit for me, smiled like they were having the best day of their life through the whole set, and then thanked me for letting them play afterwards. That's Lars for ya.
2: What is your first memory of knowing you were a musician? I first knew I was a musician when I was pretty young, probably around five or six years old. Throughout my childhood, I gravitated toward musical instruments over other toys. My kid-sized hippo piano was always a favorite. I played that thing every day and frequently made the rounds between my toy xylophone, plastic woodwinds, and one tiny drum. I felt a deep attraction to the CDs and tapes my parents played, and was curious as to what made the music beyond a casual listen. Instead of playing with dolls, I crafted a makeshift drum set out of trash cans and dog food bins. I vividly remember having a fond attachment to a plastic guitar with spaghetti-like strings, and this attraction only grew as I aged. When I was about six, I found my way to the musical instrument section of Circuit City. Remember that place? I vaguely remember the scenery, but I recall feeling so drawn to a keyboard my curious fingers had figured out how to turn on. It felt natural, even though I didn't know what I was doing. My mom tells me she found me playing a melody, and a service representative said, Wow, she's really good. How long has she been playing? After that, I started piano lessons, and there was no looking back. A few years later, I began teaching myself guitar tabs and started proper lessons at age 11. From there, I gained the skills to teach myself how to play bass at age 13 and was secretly progressing on my brother's drum kit all through high school. Describe your first performance experience. My first performance was a piano recital at age 10. The recital took place at a jazz club in Somerville, so it felt really cool and legit. I remember feeling more excited than nervous. I knew green sleeves like the back of my hand, and I was so stoked to show off my newfound knowledge of playing arpeggiated chords with my left hand. I nailed my performance and felt ecstatic. My mom snapped a photo of me chipperly sticking my tongue between my teeth while rising from the piano, and that really captured my five minutes of 10-year-old fame. I look back on this performance fondly and believe it instilled a strong sense of musical discipline within me. The more I practiced, the more comfortable I became with the music, And the more comfortable I felt, the more the excitement radiated as I performed. Describe the experience of writing your first song. I was never much of a songwriter. I was really drawn to learning everything I possibly could about an instrument itself over unleashing the writer in my brain. I think I processed music in a sound-based and tonal manner, as opposed to really listening to the lyrics. I didn't know what some call it slum, some call it nice meant, but I wanted to learn exactly where on the neck and with what picking pattern Billy Joe was playing the chorus of Welcome to Paradise. I focused my creative energy into proficiency on as many instruments as I possibly could. In high school, I was in a band with someone who made me feel like I couldn't write songs and that anything I brought to the table wasn't good enough. This feeling stuck with me until I was 25 and decided to start a band for fun where I wrote the songs. I suppose this was my first songwriting experience, and after all those years, it felt truly liberating. Not caring about someone else's judgment and just writing the kind of music that felt true to me has been a huge period of growth in my musicianship. Though this band is barely active these days, it still feels good to know that I too am capable of writing a song, even if it took 25 years. Think about yourself at the age you first started playing or performing. Describe that kid. What do they worry about? What did they want? What was important to them? When I started playing music, I didn't really share it with anyone. I had best friends who didn't know I played guitar until we had been friends for over a year. I don't know why, but I just kept it a secret. Maybe I didn't want the attention. Maybe I didn't think it was cool. Maybe because I already felt like a freak in so many ways, I didn't want to shed a light on how different I really was. It wasn't until my senior year of high school that I realized kids actually thought playing music was cool. Even at that very first piano recital, I loved performing. I loved being watched while revealing what I practiced so long and hard for. The moments in my room where I would pretend I was playing for 100 people were finally reality. Only it was more like 25 parents and various family friends of the elementary pianists. I knew the most important thing was to nurture what gave me happiness playing music made me feel more confident, excited, and special than anything else in the world. If you could write a letter to your younger self at that age, what would you say? Dear little Lars, stay true to yourself, always. Embrace what makes you different, odd, compassionate, goofy. These are some of the most meaningful qualities to develop over the course of your life. Continue projecting positivity into what you want to see in your future, You've got some amazing stuff in store. You're even going to find a really cool name that suits you way better than the one you have now. Most importantly, don't let those boys, you know the ones, get you down about your talent. Those in a historically higher societal position want to make you feel bad when they lack the skill they see in you. It comes from a place of insecurity, intimidation, and jealousy. You're young, but I think you can already see that. You will be taken advantage of by some who claim to love you, but lessons in pain will only make you stronger. Your intuition rules all. Don't ever stop listening to that very special part of yourself. So much of this is what will bring your future self to fruition. At age 26, I can honestly say you've done a pretty great job, and that youthful spirit still simmers in a most precious part of you.
0: I met our next guest, Cassie Blum, while I was making the rounds as a barista at various fancy coffee shops in my early 20s. Cassie now lives in my second home, Portland, Oregon, where they shred the guitar in the band Summer Cannibals, create their own music under the name Deaf Dog, and work as a freelance audio engineer. Cassie is killing it, and I felt really blessed to hear about the important place music had in their difficult adolescent life. And I think you will too. Here's Cassie.
3: What is your first memory of knowing you were a musician? Um, Growing up, I had a little stereo system in my room. I don't know how I got there, I don't know when it got there, but I loved it. I had CDs and tapes that I would always turn on, but I eventually had found my favorites. Mostly a little demo CD of uh, Mariah Carey, and I would always skip to the track Always Be My Baby. I knew the melody but I didn't know any of the words uh, and I was too young really, I was probably three or four. I would just sing along with oohs and "oz" and uh, various other mouth sounds. <laughs> um, between Mariah Carey and uh, December by Collective Soul was another song where I knew the melody but didn't know the words so I would just sing various mouth sounds. I had a Kenny Loggins CD that had the Winnie the Pooh theme. And I think it was like track three. I uh, would always skip to that one. Didn't listen to any of the other ones. Sorry, Kenny. What age did you start playing your instrument and/or singing? I uh, I picked up lots of instruments as a kid. I played violin. I played oboe in high school. Uh, but I started playing electric guitar around twelve or thirteen. My mom took me to Maytan Music in Reno, and I picked out a pretty shiny blue Washburn electric guitar. <laughs> I started taking lessons, but I can't stand practicing. I can't stand when anything becomes a chore, so it was quickly went away. But I uh, really wanted to try out for my church band. I thought it was really cool at the time, so I learned my song, and I I went to try out with uh, Wild Thing, and uh, they decided I didn't know enough chords, but maybe to come back some other time. But I, uh, I never tried out again, but continued to keep learning songs that I loved and subsequently learned how to sing along and just never stopped. Describe your first performance experience. I started playing open mics at a local coffee shop that I loved down in the river in Reno around 16. The first time I played, my mom and my friends went with me. My mom loved to go. Uh, I learned two songs that I covered. I believe one was a Brandy Carlisle one and the other was a Paramore song. Uh, I learned both those songs and forgot the second half of both songs as I was playing. But I didn't mind. Um, my mom recorded it on her flip phone and posted it to Facebook later. I'm pretty sure it's still there. Describe the experience of writing your first song. I remember writing lots of songs as a kid, but I guess they were mostly just poems. I didn't really know how to turn songs into actual songs yet. My best friend growing up, Kenzie, and I started a band, a punk band, called Revenge Runs Deep in fifth grade, I think, (laughs) and we used to write songs, but didn't really know how to play our guitars. We would just sit in my living room with them and try. I didn't really know how to write chord progressions or anything, but I think the first time that words and chords kind of clicked, I was around 16, and for a long time the songs that I wrote were just four chords and all verses, no choruses, and I liked it that way. Think about yourself at the age you first started playing or performing. Describe that kid. What did they worry about? What did they want? What was important to them? I think it's interesting to think back on this person now that I've had some time to live life as an adult. Uh, I think this younger season of me was a lot more aware than I give them credit for. I was pretty depressed as as a teen. I was in the closet and I was busy navigating a family that was just rife with drug abuse while trying to keep it all away from my younger sister and trying to be a normal high school teen. (laughs) You know, date boys, do homework. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life, and I didn't upon graduating high school either, but I knew I wanted to live in New York, and that was my goal. If you could write a letter to your younger self at that age, what would you say? I think the most important thing I could ever tell myself is to keep going. Music and songwriting stayed a constant in my life, and I kept it a hobby. I pursued other things. I wanted to do other things for a living. But my life has exploded and blossomed into something so incredible when I decided to stop keeping it at arm's length and just fully lean in. Whether I meant for it to be or not, music will always be the one place where fear has never stopped me from trying again. And once i stopped turning away and began to nurture this relationship with it, I, I found a voice and people hear it and people love it. and. They see me and they see what I've been trying to say all along. And if 16-year-old me knew that, I don't know. Maybe things would play out differently, but maybe they weren't meant to.
0: Jess Boudreau is the songwriter, singer, and guitarist of Summer Cannibals. Her music is infectious and has a permanent place in my dancing-slash-headbanging-around-the-house playlist. It always puts me in this mood that makes me feel, like, fierce. Like, maybe I can do all this stuff I want to do that feels so hard. Maybe I can stand up that jerk who bugs me. We haven't met besides over email, but she's someone who I was interested to hear from, and I really resonated with her advice to her younger self. Here's Jess. What is your
4: first memory of knowing you were a musician? I played piano since I was little, little, and I hated it. And I don't think that even though I played an instrument, I don't think at any point I actually felt like a musician until I was in middle school and I started playing guitar, which is like, that was what I wanted. That was like the cool thing. That's why I wanted to know how to play. And... um I think like probably a few months into that I I started writing songs and I think that that's when like that identity started to form in my head that I was a musician. At what age did you start playing your instrument and or singing? Yeah like I said I, I played piano most of my childhood but whenever I was 11 uh, my grandfather passed away and he had a guitar. and. I I asked my mom if I could if I could have the guitar and she was like only if you take lessons, so that was the age I started playing guitar. I never sang before. Describe your first performance experience. I'm from Louisiana and there was a restaurant chain uh, called Brewbockers. and my first performance was I was like backing up my guitar teacher Miss Boo. Uh, playing a bunch of covers at Brubacher's. I was so nervous, uh, and all I was doing was just like playing rhythm guitar, like backup, and singing backup to songs like "Smooth," you know, by Rob Thomas and Carlos Santana. Describe the experience of writing your first song. I don't know if I remember writing my first song. I remember. I remember the song. And it was a total ripoff uh, of a Hilary Duff song that something like the let the rain fall down and what, you know, I like, it was just like line for line. Yeah, it really wasn't until I was in college
3: that
1: <laughs> I
4: started writing more seriously. Think about yourself at the age you first started playing or performing. Describe that kid. What did they worry about? What did they want? What was important to them? Probably fame <laughs> since I was really, really small, have loved to perform I'm a Leo. And so I think that I I don't know what it is, I don't know why that's in me, but I have always had a desire to be on stage. And I think dancing was really satisfying for a long time, but not it didn't feel like it was mine. Dancing moves that other people were choreographing for me and wearing the outfits that they told me to wear, and I was performing as a team. And you know, I remember like when I started learning how to play guitar, standing in front of the mirror in my room with my guitar and being like, Hello, Bad Rouge! You know, oh, stop, stop, really, stop <laughs> clapping for me. I know I'm great. Uh <laughs> I think it was just there I don't know where it came from but there was always something inside of me that felt like it was important to create and important to share the things that I was creating and I feel like I you know I I didn't I didn't worry too much about sharing that art and I'm not sure why <laughs> Maybe I was just really confident. I don't know. Um, It's a lot scarier now than I think it was then. Uh, It felt like kind of limitless to me at that point. If you could write a letter to your younger self at that age, what would you say? I would say, you know, at that point I was, I hadn't, I hadn't started high school yet and high school changed a lot for me I stopped caring about a lot of the things that I cared about Um, and I would tell myself in middle school learning how to play guitar to not lose my focus and not lose my love and also I would tell myself To not lean so heavily on validation from outside sources, I would tell myself to enjoy the process because ultimately, now, that's what brings me the most joy is being able to be creative and to create and finding love and validation and acceptance from, you know, myself and feeling accomplished you know because of my creations versus like how my creations are perceived yeah I would tell myself to have fun (laughs) don't think so much just keep working and keep working to be better
0: not just a better musician but a better person Lauren DiNizio is a songwriter, guitarist, writer, and visual artist, and leads the band Warriors. Lauren's written essays about feminism and art and rock, and makes music that on its surface will get you to jump around and sing along before you even know the words. But the lyrics, while personal and specific, get to some really deep truths about the human struggle. For instance, in the song Not Your Type, Lauren sings, It only takes a few words to stick in your head. Boys don't like girls who wear stuff like that. Nothing ever fits like it's supposed to. Constant reminders, what the world didn't give to you. Yep, oh yeah. Now here's Lauren talking about their own backstory.
5: Uh, so I'd been playing music since I was very young. I'd been taking piano lessons, but it wasn't really until I started listening to the radio a lot um, and listening to pop or folk and punk that was that was on the radio that I started thinking about songwriting. And I started thinking, I want to write songs. And, and you know, I love all these bands and I love all these artists and I want to do that. And it wasn't really until I kind of had a picture of myself as a songwriter that I really considered myself a musician Um, because even as a kid I, I knew that there was a difference between like oh I play piano and I am a musician and and I think that um uh you know pop and rock were really where I felt like that was my own that I felt like I was expressing myself that way So I started playing piano when I was seven. I started taking piano lessons. And um, so most of my understanding of music theory or formal training really comes from piano. Um, But I didn't start playing guitar until I was about 14. I learned at summer camp. I think I took lessons very briefly, but really just taught myself and started singing uh, around the same time. The first memories I have of playing music in front of people, um, or of playing guitar in front of people is when I was, I think in middle school that I, I somehow got a couple friends as part of the Halloween assembly to play, to play the clash train in vain in front of my whole school. So it was the middle school and high school. I I don't know how I thought that was a good idea or I thought that I was confident enough to do that. And I think for, you know, seventh graders, we weren't completely terrible. And I think that, you know, I I just remember getting comments from some of my classmates that I was not friends with that, that their dad had Clash records or, you know, that they're, you know, those were songs that maybe their parents listened to or that they had maybe heard on the radio and they didn't think anybody else knew them or like, you know, comments from teachers, you know, that they were, they were just really surprised that they didn't know that I could do that. And I don't necessarily remember being super energized by that. I think I was still incredibly scared after that, but getting a response from people, you know, that they that they thought that was neat was pretty cool. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I mean, I just, I loved playing and singing guitar like that, but to find an opportunity to do that was really amazing. Um, and I didn't really do anything else like that for for kind of a long time after that. I remember this kind of... Weird, nebulous time when I was maybe fourteen or fifteen that I started trying to write songs, kind of both on piano and guitar. Um, I definitely had a lot of like folk influence happening. So even though I was like teaching myself how to play all these rancid songs, I, uh, you know, I still listened to like Dar Williams and Ani De Franco, and because I didn't really think that I could form a band like I didn't I didn't think that that was really possible for me so I just thought okay well I have to be um, a singer songwriter and learn how to play songs that work by myself and I remember they were probably terrible and (laughs) you know because what does a 14 or 15 year old really write songs about but but I knew that it was getting something out of me like I knew that it was a way to Sit with emotions and sit with feelings that that I didn't have another outlet for, and it was really amazing to be able to just sit with a guitar and figure it out. When I first started performing as a kid, um even just playing music by myself, like at a coffee shop or something, I knew that I just wanted to be singing. I just wanted to be on stage. and I definitely felt like you know, like any teenager feels that you know that maybe there aren't a lot of people like you or, you know, that I that I didn't feel like I had a lot of friends who were also playing music or who were also starting bands or writing songs like I just I didn't have any um, social reference for it and definitely felt like I didn't necessarily see a lot of people that look like me doing that. But I remember thinking that, well, you know, if if all the boys are doing this, there's literally no reason that I can't do it too. And I knew that the boys in my middle school didn't want to play in bands with me, or the boys of summer camp didn't want to be in a band with a girl, and you know, that's how people saw me at that point, and and that just never stopped me. Like, I didn't think for a second that that I should doubt doing that, but that's all I remember as a kid, is just knowing that, well, this is something I can do, and yeah, that that was just what I was going to try. And I wasn't really too worried about it. And I even remember that when I was a kid, I thought it was really important that I go into everything as if I was already a professional and as if I was already, you know, writing songs and playing music in front of people all the time. Like that wasn't a strange thing to be doing. Um, I do not know where that came from. But I remember there was something related to Lilith Fair and they opened up submissions for you to send your demos to get on whatever the local tourist top of Lilith Fair was. And I somehow thought I was like 15. I thought that my demos of myself playing my songs and singing while playing piano would somehow qualify me to play Lilith Fair, like not having any idea how it worked at all. Um, or the fact that I'd never played these songs live before, <laughs> or like performed in front of people. But I was always very much like, no, I can do this, I'm doing this. And uh, I just took, I took it weirdly seriously uh, from a very young age. And, and that's the picture of myself as a kid that I have. It was uh, very serious and excited and, and someone who just loved singing. If I could write a letter to myself at that age, I would definitely say that you can't assume how anything works, how anything's going to be, what opportunities you're going to have, because things change so quickly and so many doors will open that you thought were completely closed. You can't know how things work or how things are going to work until you work hard at it and go out there and make friends and play music with other people and just do it and it's just so important to remember that you don't know how things are going to change and and how the music world is going to change and um you know how people are going to view the kind of music you make or view the kind of art that you make just to never assume that something's impossible because it's just not and I I'm just constantly amazed by the things that you know 14-, 15-, 14-, 15-, 16-year-old me would just not believe if I told them now. And I would also tell them that you should never let anyone else make the rules. If someone tries to tell you how things work or how things are done or, you know, what you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to act when it comes to making the things you want to make, it's if your gut is telling you something else, just do not listen to them. because. I feel like I spent a lot of time thinking that the way I was supposed to make music or um, be in a band or write songs had to be in a a certain context um, and it had to be for certain reasons. And and I just think it's really important to always remember that it's entirely up to you how your music sounds, how you play shows, how you go on tour, who you play music with, that... You know, that, that all of those things are completely up to you and to never let other people's expectations dictate uh, how you go about putting music out into the world. So we've gotten a lot of good
0: advice in this episode. Stick with it and it will pay off. Listen to your intuition, nurture your relationship with music and find your voice. Find love and validation and acceptance from yourself and your creations. Don't think so much and keep working to be a better musician and a better person. And finally, never let others dictate how you go about putting your music into the world. I think altogether, that's a pretty good guide to the creative life. And I want to deeply thank all of these creators for contributing to this project with me. So, I really hope you got something out of all of these other stories, and I really hope you check out the music all of these people make. Warriors have a brand spanking new album called You Are Someone You Know, Palehound's newest album is Black Friday, and Summer Cannibal's recent album is Can't Tell Me No, and I know Cassie Blum is hard at work on new deaf dog jams. All of these bands and people have a great back catalog, too, and I recommend you check out every single thing they have ever written or produced. Next time on Dear Young Rocker, we'll come back to young Chelsea as she starts college. out for this week's DYR playlist that I'll post on Instagram and Twitter to hear some tracks from this week's featured artists. Dear Young Rocker is written and was created by me, Chelsea Erson, is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland, and comes to you from Double Elvis Productions. This week's episode was edited and produced by me, and I had some mixing and scoring help from Jack Pombriant. Thank you to everyone who's written a nice review on Apple Podcasts. I read every one of those and they always make my day. And thank you for sending me personal messages on Instagram at Dear Young Rocker or at Twitter at Rocker Deer. These are the things that keep me going making this podcast. I do it for you guys to feel seen and to connect with me and to connect with each other that's the whole name of the game. So please share the show with other people who you think might like it, whether that's in person or on social media. And I can't thank you enough if you've already done so. You guys are the best. Rocker is a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.